Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. What is up, Aspire Leaders? I'm so excited to be back this week with you. Thank you so much for joining us either on YouTube or on the podcast platforms. I have an amazing guest, and she's a magnificent leader, wife, mother, principal, public speaker, and author. I'm so excited for this conversation. Dr. Rachel Etiquette, thank you so much for being with me. And we're going to dive into a bunch of topics today, which is including mentorship, we're going to talk about the work-life balance and, of course, building lasting, stable relationships with our students and our parents. And I'm so excited. But before we do that, I need to mention it's the holiday season. And we all know what that means. It's going to be New Year's. And with New Year's comes New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and Rachel, I know you're shaking your head. I know you probably yeah. have lots of goals for the new year. And a lot of the popular goals obviously is exercise mm -hmm. and being healthy, sustaining our, our balance, right? So that we're going to be talking about later. But yes. for myself, I've already started to turn a new page with that. And if you caught this last week, I started to talk about Magic Mind. And it's this little drink that I've been experimenting with and absolutely loving. As administrators, we are always constantly looking to build our energy throughout the day. And for myself, I was not having healthy habits. So I would skip lunch. I would consider coffee or a soda or an energy drink my breakfast. And what I found out was I was tanking. <laughs> I was right. losing my energy all the time. Have you experienced something similar, Rachel? Yes, definitely. I'm working on making sure I eat lunch during the day. <laughs> so yeah. important. So important. So yes. as many folks know, coffee is my love. I, I share that on social media. I've even had sponsors of the podcast with coffee companies, but I didn't lose that. But at the same time, I've been using the magic mind to get me my energy for that afternoon because it is awesome. all natural it has you know just a very small amount of caffeine and so if i have too much caffeine i start mm -hmm. getting jittery and sometimes even having restless legs at night and so uh, i did not like that feeling so so i pair it with my coffee in the morning uh, and it's been such a, a phenomenal thing for me to keep my energy throughout the day so i want to make sure that you know for those who want quality ingredients in their body um, they utilize the world's best supplies and it's a sustainable energy boost. So if you go to magicmind.com slash aspire, you're going to get 20% off your order. There's a coupon code that will be in the show notes and on joshtaper.com aspire 20. So wanted to make sure that everyone is starting off the new year the right way with magic mind. And with that, Rachel, I want to get to your journey, your story, and all the amazing things that you're doing. So Thank you so much for joining Aspire to Lead. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. I really appreciate this opportunity. Oh my goodness. You have been a godsend. I was <laughs> on the road to Arizona and I had to reschedule. You were so gracious with your time. And then I learned something. You were actually a runner. Yes. Yes, I was. I was a division one track athlete at Temple University. I ran oh hurdles. God. So I was so excited to hear that your children were in track and field as well. It's the best. It is the best. I, I never did it. You know, I did soccer growing up. So, uh -huh. you know, I Me too. running beautiful. There was a lot of running involved, but it wasn't the same as what my children are experiencing. And yes. so I just wanted to say thank you publicly for being so flexible. And with that, will you just share with my listeners about your education and leadership journey? 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you again. So my name is Rachel Edoeket, and I have been in education for 18 years, all in public education. And I started my career as a kindergarten teacher. And I just love everything about kindergarten. I adore young kids. I'm early childhood certified. And so I really love watching the process of children learning and growing up. And my career has taken some twists and turns as most leaders all of us have different leadership journeys, but my journey definitely involves kindergarten, first and second grade as a classroom teacher, and then becoming a mentor teacher. And then I took time off and became a stay-at-home mom in the middle of my career um, as I had my twins. And so at that point, I thought, oh, I'll just you know be at home for a little bit of time and ended up getting a call to come back in the middle of the year to take over a classroom. And I had an opportunity to open a school I've opened two schools actually, but the second time I opened as an instructional team leader, and that really gave me the opportunity to really learn about leadership. I had a wonderful mentor and my previous principal, and she was the one who really put a plug in my ear. And she said, you know, Rachel, I could see you running a school building one day. Is that something that you would be interested in doing? And at the time I had no interest in doing it. I really loved kindergarten. I really loved having a classroom. I loved having my families close to me. But over time, I realized the positive impact that I could have on the school level was exponential. And so I really wanted to broaden my experience and my influence. So I went back to school to get my admin certification and was promoted to assistant principal uh, that next summer. So I've been now an administrator for nine years. I've been at my current school the whole time. So I was assistant principal serving for four years and then now in my fifth year serving as principal. And I just love my school community, love my staff. I'm truly blessed to be in a wonderful, wonderful school. Oh, I love it so much. And so I want to talk about that process of going from, you know, teacher all the way to principal. Obviously, yeah. Aspire to Lead has really been a charge for folks to, you know, mm -hmm. get to the next level. And so, you know, I know for you within your journey, you speak about this all the time is, you know, that the mentorship component. And so I just would yes. love for you to share, you know, your experience with mentorship and why you feel so passionate about this specifically. Yes, I, I am very passionate about mentorship because I know I would not be sitting in this seat in the principal's chair today had it not been for the influence of so many amazing mentors in my life. When I think about mentoring, I think first as a young child, I had an amazing principal, a second grade, Mr. Slakum, and I was the type of child I knew I always wanted to be a teacher. But I watched him as a principal and I just loved him. I loved everything that he was doing. He knew all the children's names. He, he knew me. I felt that he knew me. I felt that he cared about me. And even at the time, I wasn't thinking about the principalship, but I definitely knew my future was in education. And so I've always been close to the classroom and schools. I love school so much. I never left school. And mentoring has just been so incredible for me because every time I went to a new school and had a new experience, I had an opportunity to get a different set of eyes on me. And I got to learn what works really well. I had so many different administrators with so many different styles. We all know each principal is so unique. Each assistant principal is really unique. So I really enjoyed the process of learning from all of my uh, wonderful administrators. And again, as I shared, I had one or two administrators who really poured into me just saying, you know, I believe that you can do this. You're a really good teacher but what could you do as an administrator? And so that question really changed my life. And 
now in the role as principal, I see the power of our words, how when we speak into other teachers and other teacher leaders who have that desire to be leaders or who have that skill set and like me may not have known it yet, may not have seen that in ourselves, when we can speak into other people and really take them under our wing, share our experiences, talk openly about how to do the job and how to do the job well, then I think that's when we can open up pathways for other people. So I wrote a book called The Principal's Journey to talk about how you can get from step A to step B. And I begin talking about mentorship because it's really important to have someone in your corner who cares about you, someone who has done the work and who can give you examples of things to strengthen your own journey. And in the book, if you don't have a mentor, I talk about ways. First, what are the qualities of good mentors? Who are the type of people that we should be seeking out? And then how to do it. So I give you questions for mentors and give you ideas for how to take initiative if you don't have a mentor. Because what I found in my career is there are so many people in our schools who have the talent to do the job, but they don't necessarily have someone who's speaking their name in rooms or in places where where it's important that their name be shared. So I think having that mentor really makes a difference in one's career. Well, let's get into that a little bit more. I, you talked about qualities of a mentor. I think that's so important. So, you know, if someone's listening right now, and they're like, man, I wish I had a mentor, but I don't even know where to look for that. You know, what are some qualities that you highlighted within your book that folks need to really be looking for, but then also you know, where do they even go if they don't have someone potentially on their campus? So let's talk about first of qualities. I think first we have to know ourselves. So my first piece of advice is when you are looking for a mentor, make sure that the mentor's qualities are aligned with the type of qualities that you want to show. So if you're going to choose someone just randomly and that person does not have a similar philosophy for you, that is not going to be productive. So it's really important that as you are watching different leaders and learning more about people and you see what they're doing, those would be the type of people that you want to reach out to. For instance, my mentor was someone who was always on the ground. She was always available and she was very transparent when she was talking with with parents, with teachers, with students. She was very open, had that wonderful quality, very approachable. I knew that if I was going to be an administrator, that's the type of administrator that I wanted to be. So she was a perfect person for me to learn from and to watch her model and to ask her questions. So I began by just asking her, tell me about your journey. How many years have you been an administrator? How do you make hard decisions? How do you build a team of people and get them to produce, right? Um, how do you balance your life? Those are all questions that I have for my mentors because those are things that, import, that are important to me. And then in terms of finding mentors, I like to, I would love to think that mentors would just be available to you in your schools, but sometimes that is true and sometimes that is not true. So I also recommend looking outside of your school, looking at your district on the whole. Our districts are made of so many different schools with so many talented leaders. Don't feel confined to just your school. That's also a great strategy because the people in your school may know you, but outside of your school as a teacher leader, they may not know you. So it's also important for you to branch out and get your face and your name out in the district so that when your work speaks for itself, you will have other people who will be able to speak on your behalf positively. 
Yeah, that's so important. I had the wonderful opportunity to do that too. You know, like I had a very supportive admin staff. And so I would schedule time with the high school principal in the district, or I would go to a neighboring district and, and meet with another middle school principal. And, you know, those times uh, to just ask questions and, and pick their brain was so valuable. And you had talked about, Rachel, the the idea of getting your name out there. And, you know, for those who don't know, there's a lot of conversations that go outside of the, the building in the district area. And so, like, what were some things that you did to kind of get your name out there beyond just your campus? Because it's one thing to do things on the campus level and, you know, make an impact there. And your admin obviously know that that's occurring. But sometimes the broader scope of things, those folks don't know what's going on. So can you just give some advice in regards to that that area of of you know, why it's so important to get your name out there? Yes, absolutely. So in my process, one of the things that I did was on the advice of my mentors, I was able to join a policy committee. And so the policy committee really opened me up to the district and the district's goals. I also was sitting on the policy with not only community members, but I also was sitting with other current principals, assistant principals, and other district leaders in central office from the curriculum office. So that was an opportunity right there to really broaden my scope. And one thing that I always say, and I say it in my book, everything is an interview. So when I'm sitting on those panels and I'm working with people, I'm bringing my best self. That's what you want to do. You want to bring the best version of yourself. You want to be professional at all times. You want to be engaged. You want to ask excellent questions and you want to not over speak, but you want to speak when you have something of value to contribute and you listen the rest of the time. And so from that first policy experience, I was asked by another person on the on that group who was in another policy, Rachel, can you be the teacher representative on another policy? So I really started to build my resume outside of my school, the work that I was doing, by just doing good work and being asked to do another policy. And from there, I connected with the principal who was working on a special project in her school. And I asked, could I be a part of that work? And she accepted me and she's one of my mentors to this day. And so all of those experiences really build on each other. And so one of the pieces of advice that I would share with anyone who wants to get into leadership, at this time, you need to have a attitude of service. And if someone asks you to do something, the answer is yes. And you will find out how to do it along the way. Okay. No, no. You can't say no in the beginning because all of those experiences truly will help to make you a stronger candidate. Because when you're sitting on the interview, a couple of good things are going to come out of that. Number one, you might be asked a question that directly relates to an experience that you already have. And if you can share a story and an example on that interview, then you are such a strong candidate for that job. And I have interview questions in my book as well. And I always suggest starting with a story and ending with a story just to make your presentation that much stronger. But the other piece I want to share is when you worked with people in the district and on curriculums and in different policies, many of those people are the people who are seated on your panel. And so, whereas if you just stayed in your school, they may not know who you were. Now you have broadened your experiences and your name is out there and your face is there that people can, oh, when you sit down, oh, I know exactly who this person is. He or she does great work. And those are going to be the decision makers for your assistant principal and your principalship. 
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. I want to touch on one of the questions that you had talked about as far as, you know, what you asked your mentor, and that was on the balance between work and family or home, right? I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a while as far as administration. So, you know, what were some things that your mentors told you to do to kind of balance that out? And then also what have you implemented that has been extremely helpful? Yes. So thank you. So I want to tell this story because this is a story that my mentor told me when I asked that question of her several, it was out a decade ago at this point, I asked her, how does she balance being a principal, being a wife, being a mother, uh, and all these things. And she told me one powerful story. She said, you know, when my daughter was seven years old, I had the choice between going to a school concert or going to her birthday. And she said, which one do you think I chose? I said, you chose her birthday. She said, no, I chose to go to the school concert. And she said, and looking back, who do you think remembers that I went to that school concert? Do you think my community members and children remember that? Or do you think my daughter remembers that? And I said, your daughter. And she said, she never let me live that down. So she said, my advice for you is your family is first. And I know that that is hard when you're a new principal and a new assistant principal and you you have to build relationships with people. She said, but ultimately our families are number one. And so I'm really glad that she shared that with me from the very beginning because it helped me to keep a very good perspective on the position. I am ever present with my community and they know that I'm ever present with my staff. However, they also know if it is ever a choice between my family and between a school obligation, my family is the one that is chosen. And that's just a value from the very beginning. That is a boundary that I've put into place. And boundaries are so critically important to to me in this work and to administrators because I've been on the other side without boundaries. So when I was first promoted to principal, it was COVID-19. And when you talk about a child by fire, a new principal in a new pandemic, in a whole new system of education during that time in 2020, it was very, very challenging. And I had no work-life balance. I was in front of my computer, what felt like 24-7. That's what it felt like. I would think of something in my head and there was no infrastructure for it at that time. I was text messaging my technology teacher. Can you please make this now? It was 11 o'clock at night. And she was responding to me. (laughs) And we made it through the first year and a half. I came back to my staff and I said, you know, I really am thankful and appreciative for all of our efforts to to get our community in one piece through that time. I said, but we can't continue doing that. I can't. I didn't see my children at that time, didn't see my husband. I was totally connected to this computer. And I said, I want to do it differently with your permission. And we talked about it and, and it really became a negotiation. But ultimately what we determined was If it was after four o'clock off of the time where the contract ends, they would not hear from me. I would be auto scheduling my emails moving forward. And I want the same respect that if it is after hours and not an emergency, then please wait till the morning. 
Now everyone has my cell phone number and I have all of theirs. Truly, if there's an emergency, I will call and we will pick up and we will handle it. But that alone has changed my life and my staff members' lives because now there is no guilt around, oh goodness, we have to respond to an email at 7 p.m. We just don't do that anymore. And it really has improved the culture in our building. I love that you've established these cultural norms that are boundaries for everyone, right? You're, you're not only abiding by them, but you also have as an ex- a campus expectation. I think that's so healthy for everyone because, I mean, if you're an administrator or if you're a position in leadership, you know how easy it is to mm-hmm. be unbalanced and to lose some focus um, on things that are extremely important, especially when it comes to your family. So I, I'm so happy that you shared not only that, that beautiful story, uh, although, you know, it's probably hard for that little girl, but, you know, it was a, a yeah. life lesson that was learned through that um, to understand, okay, that we can't move forward in the same situation. So, right. and then of course, sharing that wisdom with you and who you are now sharing it with the listeners. So I, I love that so much. You had touched on something that uh, I think is really important. I would love to expand on it, which was uh, building relationships with students and how important that is, but then also yeah. with their parents. That story that you shared, the principal went to that event and of course was probably seen by everybody and you know they were greeting them and that's important so i want to know you know as a building principal you know what are you doing to build effective and lasting relationships with your stakeholders with the students and the parents yeah so that's my favorite part of the job and it's one that i really value because when you are a principal and when you're an administrator it's not the same as having a classroom of 30 kids. You don't know children as intimately as you did and their families when you um, were in the classroom. However, now you're scaled out times 10. I have almost 980 families and students in my building. And so it's a lot of families to get to know. So I really try to start as simple as possible. And that is first learning the names of all of the people that I serve, learning the names of my students, learning the names of my families and my staff as quickly as I can. So my first year as an assistant principal, one strategy that I did that was simple, I asked for the yearbook. I said, may I please have the yearbook this summer? And I studied the faces and the names. That way, when my staff came in, they only had me to learn, but I had to learn all of them. So I, it, saved me a lot of time to know their names as soon as they walked in. Hello, Ms. Schaefer. Hello, Mr. Smith. I knew everybody's name. And so automatically, when you know people's names, that establishes one, I respect you enough to learn your name and to remember it. And two, there's a familiarity there. So again, as an administrator, everyone is learning just your name, but you have that responsibility. We do of learning more, more names. And so my students know I'm not perfect with this, but If I forget their name, I just ask them, tell me your name again, please. I promise I'll learn it. And I keep repeating it over and over again. Now we have this running joke. Tell me my sister's name. What's my middle name? What's my brother's name? I'm like, okay. So I'm I'm now expanding to extended family members at this point to learn their names too as well. But that's really important um, in a simple way to build relationships. Another one is being outside during arrival and dismissal. You all know weather, rain, shine, heat, Hail. Um, it's really important to be outside and be a presence because families want to see you. They may not all interact with you in, a, in an intimate way, but it is important that you know their child's name and that they know you are an active presence. Because if you're always in your office, I think people are going to make some assumptions. They know that the school is running well, but 
during the times when things get challenging and tricky and you have to massage some conversations and there are some nuances there, you are much better off if, you're, if your community and your students and staff feel like they know you and that they can trust you. That makes a huge difference if they feel that they can trust what you're saying. Because, and trust comes from that, and again, that knowledge of I know who my principal is. I know who Dr. Adewakit is. I've seen her a lot. She knows my kids. She hugs my kids every five minutes. So I definitely know who she is. Um, so those are just two simple ways to build relationships. But again, over time, when the conversations and get more challenging, you're going to need more time to build that rapport and to repair relationships oftentimes. I've been here almost a decade. There have been some really tough situations that have occurred in our community. And we've gone through them, I know, because of the transparency and the trust that we've built over time. And that's not overnight. That takes time. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Thankfully, you had that time where you've hopefully got some rapport already established so that they know who you are, what you're about. That goes a long way as far as being an administrator, going into a really difficult conversation or potentially challenging time. So love those steps. I think that's so important. That presence piece, right? You know, being visible in the hallways, uh, out of school, at the bus, whatnot. I think, you know, parents do, they, they do see that and it goes a long way. And of course, you know, if you're able to have those small conversations with them, they value that. That's a gift of time. Yes. So yes. All right, Rachel, let's talk about your book. You touched on it a little bit, but I want to expand a little bit. So, you know, obviously you had this idea in mind, but, you yeah. know, books are a really big project as, you know, a lot of people have talked about on this podcast before. So, you know, what was your, your, your charge behind the book? Why did you feel like, oh, I got to get this out into the world and, and help, you know, potential leaders or established leaders? Yeah. So I have always wanted to write a book and that is something that I've had a desire for a long time. But for me, time was always a barrier time, right? We're all busy. And what I learned is we're all busy and time is going to be the same. We get 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That doesn't change. What matters is what we do with our time. So it really was a decision to say, Hey, I want to write a book and I need to start. And my reason for writing the book was pretty simple. When I would go out and talk with leaders or aspiring, mainly aspiring leaders, they would say, Rachel, I really like what you're doing, but I don't know how. I'm a team leader now, or I'm not even a team leader, but I want to get there and I don't know the steps. And so initially I would think, don't they have someone who's helping them? And then I realized that's a total assumption to assume that everyone has a high quality mentor. And so when I was writing the book, I thought if I did not have any mentor whatsoever, and if I had a skill set for leadership and a desire to do it, but did not know where to begin, what would I, what would I say? What might I write for that person? And that's what the book came about, The Principal's Journey, because most of the books that are written about leadership are when you're already in the position. But very few talk about what do you do to get from point A to point B. And that's the the void that my book fills. So in my book, I talk again about mentoring. I talk about the challenges and rewards of being a principal and being that school-based leader. But I also talk about how do you navigate hard conversations? I talk about 
How do you get ready for your interview? What are sample interview questions? How do you write a strong cover letter? What credentials and certifications do you need? I also talk about how to set a positive culture when you do get into the position. I talk about some mnemonics and some strategies for learning names. I'm very specific in the book because I think it's important to share again, what are great things about the job? But what are some challenges that we all need to be prepared for? And most important, I talk about that work-life balance, because again, that's something that's personal to me. I almost stepped away from this position two years ago. And as I mentioned, it was in the height of COVID time, and I was really struggling. And I remember talking to my mentors. I said, when is this going to get better? Is this what the job is going to be? And everyone had the same response. I have no idea. I don't know. See, the beauty of that time was everyone was new. My most veteran mentor became new, just like I did. We all became new principals. We all began to share knowledge together. We all were contributing to each other's development during that time. And that was the beauty when I look back and I reflect on that. And so I think the book serves so many different voids for people, but particularly for those aspiring leaders who need to know a step-by-step -step process that they can follow to help them meet success. So that's why I'm really excited about the book. And it's been received very well so far. It hit number three on Amazon in education leadership. And I'm so proud of that. I'm still hearing from people that saying that, you know, I got I had a promotion and I, you know, I appreciated this part of the book that helped me do that. So I'm just, I'm very grateful, very grateful. Oh, I love it. And you're not only an author, but you're also a speaker. So I want to know, I know there's several conferences you're going to here in 2024. So what is it that you're speaking on and, and helping so many educators with? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'll be speaking at Teach Your Heart Out, and that's going to be in Washington, D.C. We'll be talking about the principal's journey and um, the steps that you can take. I'll be going into more detail. That's January 13th and 14th. And then I'm also going to be speaking at ASCD, and I'll be talking about mentoring and how we can really utilize our strengths as principals and APs to help talent spot and move this along because we know there's such a pipeline issue. So really I'll be talking about the power of mentoring and how we can use different strategies to help develop other leaders. So I'm really excited about those two things. And I always, I just spoke um, at the Maryland State Conference for MAESP and MASSP and we talked about work-life balance. Again, something yeah. that's really important to me. Wonderful. So. Let's give some actionable items, right? So we've been hearing all of your amazing wisdom through this conversation, and I don't want them to stop there. So if there's something our listeners can do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? So I am someone who started my career at Burger King. That was my first job. And one of the things that I loved about Burger King was it was service with a smile. That was yeah. one of the thing, first things that we learned. Anyone who's ever worked in the service industry or fast food knows that. And so Service is such a huge part of being a leader. Just being that servant leader is something that's important. So my advice is if anyone wants to lead, I would ask, how can I help you? How can I serve? What is something that you need help with that I can add value to? Just by asking that question, how can I help you? We all need help. And if you do a great job, of course, you're going to get more work but you'll also be building experiences so that when it is time for you to get your letter of recommendation, there's so many experiences that that person can write on your behalf. So 
leadership is about service. So I would say continue to learn and grow as a leader. Asking how you can help and add value to people is an excellent first step. So how can our folks connect with you? Because I know after they hear this, they're going to want to connect with you somehow on social media or go to your website. So where can they find all of your wonderful content? Yeah, thank you so much. So I would love to stay connected with all the listeners. So I'm on Instagram at The Principal's Journey. And I'm also on Twitter at Rachel Edoeckett. And I'm on YouTube at Rachel Edoeckett because there's not that many Rachel Edoeckett. So if you see one, <laughs> it's probably me. <laughs> but I love having a unique name. Yes. But um, I also have a bio site, The Principal's Journey, and that has all my other sites. LinkedIn is still my name. So I'm just really excited to connect with you and hear the wonderful leadership work that's going on. I love learning from other leaders. So I'm really excited to connect. Awesome. Well, obviously, you can go to joshstamper.com. You'll be able to find all of Rachel's links. You'll find her book on there. So, you know, make sure you pick that up, especially if you're an aspiring leader. We all need a guide to know how to get from point A to point B. Um, and Rachel does such an excellent job. So make sure you go head over there, click on all those links, make sure you're connecting. And then as always, you know, these videos are now on YouTube. So you can go to at Joshua Stamper. That's my channel. And then also it'll be on the Teach Better page too. So either one of those places, you can check out this interview. And then of course, on joshstamper.com, you can find the link for Magic Mind. Yes. And again, if you go to magicmind.com slash aspire and put in that code aspire 20, you'll get 20% off your order and, you know, get a little bit healthier. Need that boost. Yes. Yeah. You got to get that boost, energy boost and a little bit of health for yes. the year 2024. I cannot believe that it's almost the end of the year. That's crazy. Believe, yes. Oh my goodness. All right, Rachel, it has been such an honor to get to know you, to connect and to learn from you. Thank you so much for being on aspire to lead. Thank you again for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate it.